This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 188 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Kentucky Performance Products. Visit them at kppusa.com. Enjoy today's tip. This is Glenn McGeek from Lexington, Kentucky, back with you on Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have another veterinary tip for you, and, and I have gotten some questions about why we do so many veterinary tips. One is people seem to like them. We get emails about veterinary tips, and people seem to enjoy that. And it does apply to all horse owners, whether you're English or Western, whether you ride upside down, side saddle, side seat, however you ride, it doesn't matter, or drive, you uh, you always can use the vet tips. They apply to every horse. So that's the reason why we, we do stack the deck a little bit more with vet tips is, is for that reason. And they're relevant, and you can never learn enough about this kind of, about the veterinary care of your horse. Well, th- today is Dr. Jenny Johnson, our contributor to the Jumping Radio Show at jumpingradio.com. She is, she runs the Oak Hill Shock Wave and Veterinary Chiropractic Clinic that's based in Calabasas, California. I just love saying that, Calabasas. And uh, so we'll have Dr. Johnson here with us off of Episode 7, and this is co-hosted by Chris Stafford. You can find the rest of the show by visiting jumpingradio.com and look for Episode 7. But first, a couple words from our friends at Kentucky Performance Products. And Kentucky Performance Products is a local company that offers you the quality assurance that you are looking for for your sport horses. Each supplement is manufactured to exacting standards in certified facilities. Their ingredients are forged from highly reputable suppliers, and their formulas are fixed to ensure consistency in each bucket. Kentucky Performance Products has recently unveiled their newest product called Contribute. Unlike other omega-3 supplements, Contribute contains both plant and marine sources of omega-3 fatty acids. Omega-3 fatty acids support virtually every system in the horse's body, including the immune system, reproductive system, nervous system, bone development, and the cardiovascular system. Contribute offers horse owners, breeders, and trainers an affordable way to provide beneficial omega-3 fatty acids to their horses. Learn more about Contribute and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products. That's kppusa.com. That's kppusa.com. Well, I thought I would just talk a little bit about shockwave therapy, how it's used, what it is, and uh, what we can expect from it. Just sort of educate our listeners a bit more about shockwave. I think most of our listeners, or certainly many people, have heard the terminology shockwave therapy, but perhaps don't have a clear understanding of, of really what shockwave therapy is. It, you know, it's a non-invasive treatment, and it can enhance and facilitate uh, the healing of many types of both orthopedic and soft tissue injuries. It's been used in people for many, many years, particularly in parts of the world outside of the U.S. Uh, it's been used in the U.S. and is approved by the FDA in people to treat uh, heel tendonitis as well as tennis elbow. In the rest of the world, it's used for many, many other types of uh, musculoskeletal injuries and fracture healing uh, non-union fractures, arthritis, and it's also being used for burns and wounds uh, as well. It's the same technology as lithotripsy, which some of our listeners may be more familiar with that terminology in human medicine. Lithotripsy is a technology used to break up kidney stones. And with those types of machines, the shockwaves are focused to a very fine pinpoint because they're trying to explode a kidney stone. 
Now, the shockwave machines that are used in veterinary medicine have a much larger focal zone for the energy so that we're not directing a huge amount of energy at a pinpoint, but rather over a larger area, and that has quite different effects uh, on, on the body. So, you know, first of all, really, what is a shockwave? You know, I, many people ask me, is it, is it some type of electrical shock? And it's not. A shockwave is a pressure wave. And a good example of a pressure wave is when you throw a pebble into a pond and you see the ripples that go out from that pebble, those ripples are shockwaves. Another example of a shockwave, something that we're well acquainted with here in California, is an earthquake. The movement that you feel or the, the waves that you feel sometimes from an earthquake are shockwaves in the earth. So, I mean, a shockwave is, is defined as any action that displaces its surrounding medium. In veterinary medicine, there's a variety of ways that those shock waves can be generated. One of the more common ways is with an electrohydraulic generator, and with those machines, a shock wave is generated inside a fluid-filled probe head, and then it's transmitted through the fluid-filled probe head, through ultrasound coupling gel, and then through the soft tissue. And depending on the type of probe that's being used, the energy is released at a specific depth, and that's what we call focused shock wave. The energy is focused to a specific depth. It's focused to a specific area. I'll talk a little bit later about other waves that aren't focused, but for the purposes of what I'm talking about today, uh, I will be talking largely about focused shock waves. So, you know, now we know what a shock wave is. Well, what, what can it do? We're, the field of, of shock wave medicine, really, is, is a really exciting field. There's so much research going on in the field and we're learning new things all the time about shockwave therapy and, and the potential applications for its use in both human and, me and veterinary medicine. What we do know is that it has a, a fairly potent anti-inflammatory effect. It definitely increases the circulation to an area to the point where it actually causes new blood vessels to grow into an area fairly quickly within a matter of you know, days really. And it also stimulates a whole host of growth factors that are important on a cellular level uh, in the healing process. There's been a recent study that came out uh, looking at how shock waves interact in the arth arthritis process, and it actually was shown that shock wave therapy can downregulate two of the substances that are critical in the ongoing degradation of cartilage and arthritis. And that's really exciting because that means that shock wave actually has the potential to interrupt the arthritic process. And that that will affect the way we use shockwave in treating arthritic horses. I'm just going to sidestep a little bit here, but traditionally we've sort of thought of using shockwave in arthritic horses when uh, joint injections or intraarticular injections were not working as well. But I think with this new information, the thought is let's use shockwave earlier in the process and maybe we can actually disrupt that process a little bit. The other things that shockwave, uh, shockwaves can do are they, call, they cause um, osteo, or they can stimulate osteoblast formation. Those are the precursor cells to bone cells, and they're uh, required in fracture healing. Shockwaves are also thought to stimulate fibroblast formation, which are the cells that are required uh, in tendon and ligament healing. Another really interesting aspect of shockwaves is that they have an antibacterial capacity. And so they're, they're being used now in, in a lot of infected wounds, um, burns, and have and been having some quite interesting results on that. And I actually just had a paper published or a case report published 
last month in uh, equine veterinary education using shockwave to treat a very extensive burn on a horse. Uh, in, in horses, it's unlikely that we'll have too many controlled studies on um, shockwave therapy in burns, but it's certainly an application that can be useful and should be considered as a possibility. One thing I will mention here is that we do know from shockwave therapy that there is a, a brief period of analgesia or pain relief after the shockwave treatment is given, usually up to about 48 hours. I always advise people that there is a period of potential pain relief, and that, and from a practical standpoint, is important particularly in our show jumpers showing at the upper levels, there's a five-day waiting period after shockwave therapy before they can compete at the FAI level. So on a practical level, what, you know, what can shockwave treat in horses? And I would say by far the most common thing that I treat with shockwave therapy are suspensory injuries. And I think that probably almost all suspensory injuries could benefit from shockwave therapy. I treat everything from say, a mild inflammation in the suspensory all the way up to something with a well-documented hole, if you will, in the suspensory, including those injuries where they have a uh, avulsion fracture where a piece of the cannon bone has actually been pulled away by the suspensory ligament. And I've had uh, quite good success with those uh, cases. The other things that can treat are, you know, any type of tendon or ligament injury. We've touched on arthritis, uh, certainly a, a viable method for treating arthritis. Uh, collateral ligament injuries, uh, any type of injury in the foot, the, the uh, impar ligament, the deep digital flexor tendon, uh, some aspects of navicular syndrome. We can use it in ring bone. We can use it with generalized joint inflammation and pain. Uh, I use it a lot on back pain and also horses with some neck pain. So there's, there's really quite a wide range of applications for it. Um, and, and I think that that field, we're just learning more and more all the time about the different applications and where it can be used. Um, in terms of protocol, that varies with each individual case. Each individual case obviously has to be looked at with the primary care veterinarian, and, and if that veterinarian has shockwave capabilities, you know, they'll make that decision. Or certainly in, in the area where I practice, I stay in close contact with uh, the horse's primary care veterinarian and we stay in touch and uh, make a plan based on the individual circumstances of each horse. Having said that, by far the most common protocol that I use is uh, generally a series of three treatments spaced at about three weeks apart. Now that's going to vary considerably as to whether it's an injury that is keeping the horse out of competition, whether it's something we're treating while the horse is in competition, um, or the schedule is what their layup or, or lack of layup is. And so that really is an individual case scenario. Another, another question that I get asked frequently is um, using stem cells versus shockwave or in combination with shockwave. And regenerative medicine or the use of stem cells and the like to treat um, injuries in the horse is a really exciting field. I just returned from a, uh, the first annual North American Regenerative Veterinary Medicine Conference. It was held up in Solvang. California and really brought together researchers from around the world to talk about stem cell therapy and um, other aspects of regenerative medicine and how it's going to play a role in veterinary medicine in the future. And it certainly will play a role. How that, how that plays out exactly is yet to be seen. I think right now we're in, definitely in the infancy of that area of medicine and we're um, sort of trying out a lot of different protocols uh, for what can be used with, with stem cells. Now, 
in terms of shockwave therapy, I, I very much like shockwave therapy in most of these injuries for one reason in particular is that it's non-invasive. Uh, your stem cells, you're definitely going to have an extraction of the stem cells followed by an injection of the stem cells, and certainly not, that certainly is an invasive procedure, um, where a shockwave is non-invasive and can be uh, used, I would say, more widely. Uh, but certainly I do also use shockwave in conjunction with cases that are re- undergoing stem cell therapy. And typically what I'll do in those cases is uh, typically get one shockwave treatment and the horse may then go to have the stem cells extracted and there's usually a period of approximately three weeks before those are cultured and ready to re-inject. And so I'll typically get the second shockwave in before they've gone for their stem cell injection and then uh, follow up about three to four weeks later. I like to wait at least three, probably four weeks after stem cells have been injected before following up with shockwave therapy just to ensure that there's no adverse effect on the stem cells by the shockwave. Now, you know, one other thing I'd really like to touch on is the difference in shockwave machines that our listeners may not be acquainted with or familiar with. For some reason, there is a, a, a type, there are types of machines that do not actually generate a shockwave, but generate a totally different type of wave called, called a radio wave or a ballistic wave that those machines have somehow been called shockwave machines. I'm not sure how that's happened, but they're not actually generating a shockwave. And the importance of that is that the physics are completely different on those two types of machines. And it will definitely play a role in uh, the effectiveness of the treatment. These other machines that generate ballistic or radio waves typically look like a small jackhammer. There's a projectile that's rapidly accelerated by compressed air that basically bangs against the, the treatment area. Those devices can be useful in treating injuries at the skin but they're not very successful at treating injuries elsewhere because the majority of the energy is deposited right at the skin. Those are what I was referring to as the unfocused machines. The shockwaves are not focused, so you're applying all of the energy of the shockwaves or the ballistic or radio waves right to the skin. And as I said, a superficial injury, that's fine, but if you've got something like a suspensory or um, certainly a back or a neck, those are not going to be very effective. The other problem with those machines is that you're applying a lot of energy to cells that you don't necessarily want to be applying that energy to. So that that can be a problem as well. And I think it's important that our listeners understand the difference between those machines. And typically, uh, also, those treatment with those machines will be considerably less expensive than treatment with a a true shockwave machine because they're much uh, less expensive machines are not as sophisticated as the true focused shockwave machines. The other thing that I think is really important for our listeners to have an appreciation for is who's holding the probe. In my practice, it's only me that that holds the probe that does the shockwave therapy, and and I'm very uh, specific about that and diligent about that because to me it's critical that the operator have a very uh, detailed understanding of the anatomy. Now that we have uh, access to MRI and scintigraphy, we're getting very specific diagnoses uh, with very specific locations of injuries. And because of that, we need to be very careful where we're directing the shockwaves. If the operator is off by as little as five degrees and how they're holding that probe, it's uh, very easy to completely miss the target, in which case all of the money you've spent treating the area with shockwaves was wasted. So to me, 
I think that a veterinarian or someone with a very um, strong education in anatomy should be the one holding that probe. I think that's I think that's very important. Uh, another thing that I, I would like to you know just share is that here in the United States, shockwave therapy is covered by most of the insurance companies, uh, at least to some degree. They will sometimes put a cap on the dollar amount, but it is covered for those people that have major medical by many of the insurance companies, and I think that makes it a lot more viable in terms of a treatment modality for people. Um, and it's you know I, I've I've found that shockwave has been very useful in all sorts of cases ranging from very severe injuries to fairly mild injuries in many cases we're able to keep horses in competition that wouldn't otherwise be able to compete and we're not just covering up some type of injury we're actually stimulating healing and enabling the horse to function more um, normally with uh, shockwave therapy and and helping them to continue to heal while they stay uh, performing at their job. Well, thanks again to Dr. Johnson and to Chris Stafford. As I said, this was taken off of Jumping Radio Show, Episode 7 at JumpingRadio.com if you want to hear the rest of the show. And we would love you to listen to all the shows on the network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Well, I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.